1: For Hey Army and fellow music
2: fans, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany, and we're the hosts of Standing BTS from the Consequence Podcast
1: Network. We're a bi-weekly show that covers the impact and legacy of K-pop
3: group BTS. We mix the perfect blend of research and fangirl as we take a deep dive into lyrics during album reviews, theorize over music videos, and keep up with their current events.
2: No BTS topic is off-limits. We welcome everyone into the conversation, whether you're a casual fan, committed ARMY, or someone who's just curious about one of the biggest music groups in the world.
1: Come chat with us every other Thursday with a new episode wherever podcasts are found.
3: Hello and welcome to the Spark Parade where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Ons at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, I've got a very special show for you today. My guests are Grammy-nominated Roots Rock duo Larkin Poe, along with Sam Hyken of pioneering hybrid orchestra New Deco Ensemble, who joined me to talk about their collective spark of inspiration, Led Zeppelin's fourth untitled album commonly referred to as Led Zeppelin 4. Now, this is the most guests I've ever had on an episode, and there's a good reason for that. Uh, Larkin Poe and New Deco Ensemble are releasing a collaborative album today called Paint the Roses Live in Concert. So it seemed fitting to get the gang back together to chat with me as a celebration of the album release. This is such a fun chat about an absolutely iconic album, so let's dive right in. Quick Larkin' Poe facts. Lark and Poe are an American roots rock band based in Nashville and comprised of sisters Rebecca and Megan Lovell. Featuring strong southern harmonies, heavy electric guitar riffs, and slide guitar, they are often touted as the Little Sisters of the Allman Brothers. They have released five highly successful studio albums and received a Grammy nomination for Best Contemporary Blues Album in 2020. Quick New Deco Ensemble facts. New Deco Ensemble is a Miami-based pioneering hybrid chamber orchestra created by two of classical music's most in-demand artists, Giacomo Byros and Sam Hyken. New Deco Ensemble is a flexible and innovative hybrid orchestra that celebrates living composers, reimagines all genres of music, and collaborates with a wide range of diverse musical guests, composers, choreographers, dancers, and mixed media artists. New Deco Ensemble has previously reimagined music by Daft Punk, Aretha Franklin, Queen, and OutKast. Paint the Roses Live in Concert is taken from a collaborative streamed concert last December at Miami's North Beach Bandshell. The album reinterprets Larkin Poe's music through an orchestral lens. It features songs from Larkin Poe's 2020 album Self-Made Man and more, and it is out right now, today. Uh, Quick Led Zeppelin 4 fact. The untitled fourth studio album by English rock band Led Zeppelin, commonly known as Led Zeppelin 4, was released in November 1971 by Atlantic Records. The album is notable for featuring Stairway to Heaven, which has been described as the band's signature song. The album was a commercial and critical success and is Led Zeppelin's best-selling, shipping over 37 million copies worldwide. It is one of the best-selling albums in the US, and critics have regularly placed it highly on lists of the greatest albums of all Time. Okay, that's more than enough background info to get you going. Let's get this show on the road. Here comes my chat with Larkin Poe and Sam Heiken about Led Zeppelin 4. Um, so, the normal jumping off point is uh, asking where you first heard this album. With this, with such an unknown album, um, it may be difficult to uh, remember that exact moment, but um, we can give it the old college try. Um, I I don't know if you want to just go one by one and uh, talk about your individual experiences.
2: Yeah, that sounds great. Um, I'll go first. So we grew up playing bluegrass music in our, like, you know, 11, 12, 13. And so I was big into banjo and mandolin. And I remember trying to reconcile, like, my love of bluegrass with also wanting to, like, rock out. And so whenever I heard, like, going to California and Battle of Evermore, like, hearing the mandolin in the context of rock and roll, it blew my mind. And so I was probably 13 when I really first had a burning desire to know more about Led Zeppelin based on the connection with the mandolin.
3: Cool.
1: But definitely, um, since we're sisters, like we had the same experience, but um, <laughs> definitely our dad was spinning that record a lot. And I specifically remember a lot of going to California being played in the minivan. So I, I think that we definitely were listening to specifically that song on repeat from like age six up.
4: Fair. So mine is not as uh, sophisticated or cool as <laughs> um, and it's slightly embarrassing as how I found, found out. And um, it was actually through the movie uh, Wayne's World. I just remember the scene where he's trying out a guitar and he starts playing Stairway to Heaven and there's like a the sign that says No Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> and so I was like, well, what is this? Song? I, I had to know what the song was. So that was the first time I actually discovered it and awesome. been a fan ever since.
3: Yeah, I love it. it's funny <laughs> thinking that like two of the most iconic um you know ep length rock songs like that and bohemian rhapsody are both in wayne's world and yeah. like very memorable moments um so i like that story that's also um, how i
4: discovered bohemian rhapsody too
0: so there yeah you go. yeah
2: <laughs> A twofer,
3: yes, a good one old
2: fashioned one. twofer, yeah, yeah,
3: Wayne's world is the uh the gateway to uh all musical um everything i think um yeah, so that's that's uh quite uh varied um experiences, but yeah it, it's this inescapable thing i mean it, it has grown and grown in dominance um since it was released, and just from the second it was released, I think you know Led Zeppelin were already a big band, but this is the album that really sent them into the stratosphere. And, you know, all of these songs, every song on this album is a song that gets played on the radio. It's not like there are filler tracks or, mm-hmm. um, you know, songs that are interludes or whatever. It's like tight even though there's a song like Stairway to Heaven in the Middle that, as I said, is basically an EP. It's like this meandering goes all over the place and takes you through a musical journey. Um, but yeah, just, just having this album that, it, you know, the entire thing is such a huge part of rock history and every rock band's DNA over the last, whatever, 40, 50 years. Um, so it's, it's a pretty in- incredible milestone in, in the history of uh, popular music.
2: Yeah. I mean, to that point, like, I feel in elementary or may, I can't remember what at what point in school kids are dissecting frogs. And I feel like this is the rock and roll equivalent of the frog that gets dissected. Like every every element of this album serves as inspiration from lyrically them kind of playing with mythology and like the real like over the top rock and roll sensibility to from a production sense. Like when the levee breaks, the drum sound on that song has inspired endless people to want to make records. Like just the drum sound of that song alone is like and mm-hmm. then of course i mean just like the riffs like black Dog, is, black dog is like the like one of those quintessential badass vocal interplay with riff that just explodes on stage so yeah in terms of its importance it's un- it is undeniable
3: yeah and as you've uh uh alluded to the variety of styles that go into this album you know i think it a lot of people say that it was a sort of fusion of um their second and third albums like having a kind of hard rock sound and uh more acoustic folky um sound as well but there's so much more that goes into it it's like bluegrass blues Mm. um and the it isn't like the first half is all one thing and the second half is all one thing. Like there's a good mixture throughout. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's been so influential is that it's not just, you know, th- there are obvious people who, um, there's a direct connection for them, like, you know, big rock bands, people like Nirvana saying that, mm-hmm. you know, it was a huge influence, but Lady Gaga, you know, there's <laughs> so many songwriters mm-hmm. have have uh, kind of hold this album um, very Very close to themselves, and um, yeah, it's it's an incredible amount of people who have been touched by it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I have a question for you, Sam, because we so we collaborated with Sam through the the new Deco Larkin Poe experience of making paint the roses, and a large part of the performance was also a medley of Led Zeppelin songs. How did it feel for you, one, creating a medley, and then two, arranging and writing all the parts for something? That so many people have previous connotations and experiences attached to. What did that feel like, and what was your process? I'm just curious.
4: I think you know each suite that we do inherently has its challenge. I mean, I think when you're when you're converting you know any instrument, any vocal music to instrumental, you're always worried about the cheese factor, and that. Um, so it's always finding you know what is what can the orchestra bring new or provide fresh to that music. You know, that's that's not just you know bringing something bring new to the table and something um something elevating and you know for for me i'm always trying to kind of find you know what it, what it is like what what's the thing and what i what i was doing a lot of when we were doing this suite was like playing with the song form a lot and like switching things up and like when we did stairway to heaven starting with the end and then the end the intro is the outro and it just cha- it, what it does is it, it um messes with your expectations, you know, it. it and uh, it provides this new, new, exciting input. And so I'm always like, it's those combinations of like what can we bring new, but then also like which songs um, will actually work best when played by the orchestra. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I was finding this and you talk about Black Dog and, you know, the riffs is, you know, really reminds me of this one composer that I really love, um, this Russian composer, Dmitry Shostakovich, which which he uses a lot of um, really big moments and just octaves. And it just reminds me very much of heavy metal, your music, like Self-Made Man, like like all, all of this idea of like the power in the octave and just having a melody that just has an octave below and just presenting it Amen. in that sense. And... Uh, and I love when that happens in classical music. So getting to kind of explore that, that kind of combination of the symphony, playing Led Zeppelin and getting to explore those, that, that octave. So I find, I found that very fascinating. So that's kind of just like a couple of things
1: yeah. that, that,
4: that really drew me.
2: Oh yeah. And it's, I think it's so refreshing too, when you're dealing with songs that irregardless of the way that they're dressed up or even the order in which the sections happen songs, like when the levee breaks or stairway or, any of these tunes on this album you can really kind of like shake and bake like them and and in whatever order the bits and pieces come out it's equally cool not to say that the canon of the original versions is not just the most like soul quenching thing of all time but i do think that's so interesting and a real credit to like the writing that is exhibited on this record
3: yeah yeah and i've said quite a few times on this show that for me, the most interesting things about covering or reinterpreting songs is really making them your own. And you don't want Mm. to just do a carbon copy because that's already been done. The people who wrote the song did it that way and if you can bring something new to it and give it a new arrangement or a new sound that's what makes it really interesting
4: i'm actually curious from from larkin poe if you guys have listened to the instrumental only versions of any of these that are on the deluxe records like for, especially the folk tunes so i was checking them out today like uh like um evermore or uh california just the mandolin guitar only mixes i um, haven't so i haven't either I, it's really beautiful. It's on the deluxe version. I was just listening to it today and it's it's super interesting because it almost sounds like like Steve Reich, like a minimalist like classical, just the way like the the delay is used and um just the, the sound of the guitar to to and mandolin combination, just like listening to them isolated I found really interesting. I'd never seen it and I just listened to it today. So I was gonna mention it to you both to check out.
2: I will. I'm actually I think I would have thought that going to California was cut like i imagine them all being in the same room so i love knowing that those were actually performed in in isolation from one another at least to an extent or if there was like over overdubbing happening cuz we we of course coming up making records in the last you know 10 15 years isolation is like everyone's obsessed with isolation like oh we need to have everything be like pristine and unique from each other like we need to have the vocal by itself and the guitar and Um, we, we just did our first live record this past year, Kindred Spirits. I mean, Mm. also with, of course, Paint the Roses, be that as it may, but, um, (laughs) the idea of not being able to solo anything and having it done by itself, like our, our management reached out and said, Hey, for, you know, some of these tracks, can we get, you know, a no vocal mix? It's like, well, no, No. by (laughs) basic, the the principle of, of recording live is that everyone is in the room live. That's fascinating. I can't wait to listen to those performances. I'm super stoked.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And with a band like this, where everybody in it is, you know, uh, a musical genius, ha- hearing isolated tracks or hearing, um, you know, the songs with the vocals taken out of them, it gives you a new, uh, it, it's it's a new way to listen to it. And it, like, you can hear things that you didn't hear before, or certain parts will kind of stand out in new ways, even sometimes like listening to things through different sets of speakers and stuff, little things oh, that will pop yeah. out. Oh, Yeah.
4: Yeah. one of my favorite uh actually besides stairway probably one of my favorite um songs in the album is um uh four sticks um you know just because i'm you know i have a crush on like mix meter and you know five <laughs> plus six and you know my my nerdy self and you know when i when i was researching the piece and you know i'm always looking you know same with when we're, we're, we're looking, working with Ark and code like listening to all the live recordings and just seeing how it differentiates from studio versions so i'm always, so even when we were researching led zeppelin I found this recording that just got released in 2015 on their, their CODA uh, release um, called Four Hands. When they were in, um, they went to Bombay because they couldn't get into Singapore. It's like a weird story where they their visa got denied, so they ended up in India and they actually recorded Four Hands, they called it Four Hands, not Four Sticks, with the Bombay Symphony Orchestra. And it's just like this random orchestral version. It doesn't have vocals or anything, but it's just that song done like almost Indian style, almost like a raga, you know, With and it just got released in 2015. And also oh. worth checking out.
2: Hmm. Noted. Thank you for the hookups. Love it. <laughs>
3: yeah. That really speaks to the fact that this band was very interested in experimentation and pushing themselves in new directions and with this album, but I think I think this album actually was the start of uh, probably the next two albums afterwards, like really pushing themselves in different directions and trying new things and exploring. And that's so exciting to me, too. Like, I don't want a band to stay in the same place I want people who are, you know, willing to kind of push themselves outside of their comfort zone and and uh, try new things and and see, you know, where a new direction will take them. So, um I really appreciate appreciate that about this band and this this album.
2: Oh, so true. And not even just them as, as a group, but like when you think about this like how how brief a career that they actually experienced as Led Zeppelin and then the major creative exploits that each of the individual members took after the band disbanded, incredible to think about, too. Like, I was just re-listening to a bunch of the, the Them Dirty Vultures tracks and it's like John Paul Jones is such a badass. It's so it's so <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, all, and also with, with Them Dirty Vultures, with it being a super group with Josh Homme, with, you know, all of his exploits and then also Dave Grohl. So it's like people who really do push themselves independently, creatively outside of their band and don't play it safe, like you're saying. Like I the new songs that, that Robert Plant is now releasing with Alison Krauss. They're they're so, so disparate good. from what he was doing early in his career, and yet it's just as authentic now, if not more so for him at this point in his career. It's it is it's really aspirational for for us as songwriters and performers as well. You know, to to see people who are not afraid to to break their own mold for sure.
3: Yeah, and I mean something that's very relevant to all of you just being uh excited about collaborating with new people and you know seeing what another perspective will bring to your music and I think that those collaborations with Alison Krauss are a a really um good example of that that it's this whole new dimension um to the music that you you haven't experienced before
2: oh yes that's very true for paint the roses the um the gift of getting to perform your own original songs in the context of loving and thoughtful arrangements from somebody like Sam and and incredible players who are executing it it, it really uh it pushes you to up your own game and it also I think it, it opens your mind as to possibility because sometimes you can get stuck in your own rut creatively of thinking that you know you only want to write in a certain way or you only have a certain story to tell or you only have a certain way of playing your instrument and I think it's those sort of um, petri dish moments where possibility is introduced, and I I'm so grateful for that. You know, it's 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 cool to be able to be in an industry where you know creativity is the currency. But even then, sometimes getting stuck in that rut and having the explosion of oh right, I am it's my job to be creative. Like let's let's get creative.
3: Right. Yeah. And uh, just constantly finding new creative outlets and really, you know, being curious and wanting to, um, wanting your music to be the best that it can be and to continue to excite you as much as your audience.
2: Yeah, very much so. You know, it's, I think in a lot of ways, like the career that we have cultivated as well, which is completely disparate from that of Led Zeppelin. It's, you know, it's been a slow burn <laughs> type thing. Been <laughs> making music for what, Megan? I mean... 12 15 years together
1: probably 15 years professionally
2: professionally (laughs)
1: professionally
2: so (laughs) so it's like you know being able to to meander your way through music and to 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 find your style and your creative voice by the trial by fire approach or a war of attrition approach whichever you prefer (laughs) um you know it's not like you get locked into this um this uh, critical acclaim where people define you and they and they freeze you like I think so many people probably would be willing to freeze Led Zeppelin into this record for instance mm-hmm. and, it, and it does take work on their part as individuals and as a band to like continue to unearth new material like you're saying with them but not being... only that
1: but for their audience to be willing to to go along on a journey and yeah. and not just you know freeze them like you're saying yeah like
2: Yeah. And I mean, that that's never necessarily been a factor for us because we are not like a critical acclaim, like, like we haven't had a radio hit or anything like we just we make records that we tour and it's more of a grassroots approach, which inherently allows us a lot more freedom because there isn't necessarily that song they want the the people want to hear the hits, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and there's there's great freedom in that that I certainly I certainly cherish.
3: Yeah. And I, I think that's really interesting. The idea of having the audience assigning you your, uh, best, um, or choosing your, the best songs. I mean, you know, you'll, mm. a band like Led Zeppelin has hits, but like a song like Stairway, which wasn't even a single that just became this thing and was their, you know, signature mm-hmm. song, not because they decided that, but because the fans decided that. And then also I think there's a, uh, another side of it which is looking at their career in retrospect because the band is done Mm -hmm. so you know while their career was happening when this album came out i don't think anybody could have imagined that like this was the pinnacle this was the thing that everybody was going to remember them for and even when the the following albums were coming out people may have preferred this album to the ones that came after it or the ones that came before it but um i think being able to have that retrospective view and uh kind of examine an entire body of work because mm. it's complete um gives you a, a really interesting perspective
2: that's yeah that's very well said that makes perfect sense and just just i don't want to be disrespectful to this conversation or to the legacy but have you guys seen uh, have you guys seen the shreds? <laughs> Megan knows I know what I'm you're gonna there. say. I know. Have you guys seen the shreds of Hart performing uh, "Stairway to Heaven"? Well,
1: uh, one one that performance was amazing.
2: One the real it was. performance. It was a uh, was it an induction when they were being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? All the artists performed covers, and in, in Led Zeppelin. Well, the surviving members of Led Zeppelin are there witnessing from a balcony, and Heart performs this kick-ass version of "Stairway to Heaven." Like when you watch. The performance—it's hair-raising. Like it's Anne and Nancy Wilson are just like laying waste to this song, and there's a full choir, and it's like it's profound. But there's an incredible shred of it as well that will just—if you want to watch it, whoever's watching this—it'll bring you some joy. It might make you smile. It's—it's pretty good.
3: Yeah, that. Sorry, go ahead, Sam. I said
1: awesome.
3: (laughs) 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 Agreed. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that is also a really. Uh, incredible thing that I love so much is when a band that I love will cover another band that I love and again, give it a fresh take and um, a new perspective and like heart are amazing. I just heard an interview with Nancy Wilson recently and she's such a badass. I, yeah, they're great.
2: Truly huge fans. I mean, for obvious reasons, like the (laughs) premier sister rock duo of all time, like we got, we've gotten to meet them before and we were definitely a bit weak-kneed and I think they were just kind of like oh come on girls like come on just come say hey and we're like <laughs> oh my god kissing the, the hem of the robe so great so great but yeah I I do I love the process of um of a good cover like because it's it's it is more than that it's like it's it's less a cover and it's more an interpretation like where somebody's going in there and method acting mm-hmm in a way, and I think that Hart did that particularly well with with Stairway, and it's something that we've we've done a lot, you know, over the years as Larkin Poe, we have this. We've
1: done um at this point. It, could it be hundreds?
2: Yeah, we're over getting a to hundred. that point on a, mm. on our social media, and somewhat unexpectedly, it's 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 actually been a really useful tool of discovering more about who we are as artists, which is a bit it's not necessarily what you would expect in learning someone else's material, but I think. It's such a gift to be able to crawl inside a song like, you know, like Battle of Evermore and le- and you learn the lyrics and you learn the melodies and you try to play it the way that they played it, which is advancing your own skill. But then also you're able to, you know, discriminate between who am I as an artist and who are they by crawling inside someone else's creative perspective and seeing the unique elements or the performance stylings that really give them their authenticity.
1: It's like when you're writing a song and performing a song, like you may not you may not ha- have have discovered like what the heart of the song is at that point and that's mm. that's one thing that i think think sam you do so especially well is like when when listening to your you, you know your arrangements of our songs like you you picked out like specific parts of the song that you may not have realized were like the heart of the song and it's really interesting to then hear that with like the power of a full Um, orchestra like it and it's pretty amazing also to hear you know what you did with led zeppelin as well it's like oh yeah that that's like that's the thought that's the nugget of the song right there Mm. musically
0: yeah not
1: just not just the 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 lyrics and the melody it's like there's so much power in the underlying music
4: Mm. yeah you know i'm a very very much believer in serendipity and you know that's why i really love digging into both studio and live versions because even you know what i end up doing a lot is just you know it's like with with um with with your instrument, Megan, with the with the with the steel, I was you know orchestrating that and bringing out you know you know even though maybe the line was different from studio to, to live, you know just picking that out or picking out like a, a random guitar part that may have just been voiced a certain way just for the moment, but you're you know you orchestrate and then it becomes a little bit more of a permanent idea and it brings out you know a vibe or a certain feeling you know so I love I love you know it's it's like you're capturing the moment like the thought process in that particular moment and you're bringing it to another time you know.
1: Yes, but really, you've kind of ruined it because now when we're playing live, I want to hear those parts now. So now I have to try and like recreate it. Like, how can I do this?
2: That is that is true. That is like hearing
1: those violins.
2: I know. So there's there's like a couple of the songs off of Paint the Roses that we do in our live show. And one, there's one particular moment in a song back down south where Megan has absolutely adopted some of your string lines, Sam, <laughs> into her, the way that she now plays it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. Awesome. That's pretty awesome. high praise. I love
4: hearing that. I love hearing that. Yeah. Well, if there's any two people that could turn an orchestra into two people, that's, it's it's Larkin Poe. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I think that's another thing about... Cover versions and new arrangements and um, tweaking music to make it your own is that there's something, it's offering the musicians who originated it uh, a new perspective, but also it's like coming at it from a, a place of fandom or, you know, you're appreciating this music and paying tribute to it, but also your personal relationship with having heard those songs comes into your interpretation of it. So, I think that's a really nice thing. It it kind of gives your audience um, a bit of insight into your taste. And I think that, you know, that's what this show is all about is uh, how we can learn about people through the art that they love. Um, And I think, Mm. you know, cover versions do a lot for that too, that it's like sharing with your audience a little piece of yourself in a new way.
2: I had never thought about it that way. That is so interesting that even the way that you interpret someone else's song is expressing your taste and how you hear the song that's really cool because like it's one thing to think about like oh curating a body of work like hey i'm gonna make you a playlist of songs that i love but then on a much like more granular level you're talking about doing that within a performance of a song i love that yeah and it's cool like as a songwriter and being able to you know, with with much vanity, search my own band name on YouTube, you know, and seeing people who have done covers of our songs. I love it. I love getting to see people who have reinterpreted our own original songs. And it's very it's very endearing. And and I would hope that, you know, like an artist like Led Zeppelin, like if ever they were to see, well, obviously they were tickled at the their induction performance, getting to see heart and others you know i think lenny kravitz did a sick version of i can't remember what he played but getting to see others reinterpret your work and it's it's definitely like that uh that connective tissue between people of using the music as a way to communicate so powerful
1: yeah
3: so powerful yes um I know you guys need to run, uh, but I really appreciate this. This was very fun. This was a wonderful way to uh, start with my uh, first party line call episode. Um, so it was a, uh, you've been a fantastic bunch of people to chat to, and I, I really appreciate you making time for me.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having us on. So good to see you too, Sam.
3: You too. All right, guys. Take care. Bye.
0: Okay. Take it easy.
3: Bye-bye. Bye. So good, right? What a great bunch of people. Thanks again to Rebecca, Megan, and Sam for talking to me. Larkin Poe and New Deco Ensemble's collaborative album, Paint the Roses, live in concert is out today, and you can find it wherever you stream or download music. Okay, uh, quick inspirational artwork from me today. I've been digging back through my, frankly, enormous music catalog, and uh, I've been leaning on some of my favorite albums of all time, one of which is Stevie Wonder's magnum opus Songs in the Key of Life. My god, this album is just mind-boggling. When you look through the track listing of all these iconic songs that are so ingrained in the fabric of our lives, it looks like it's a Greatest Hits album, but it isn't. It's a double album released at the peak of Stevie Wonder's creative powers, and I can't ever really get enough of it. I don't think this is one that will take much convincing, so just give it a little listen if you haven't listened to it in a while, because, spoiler alert, it's still fantastic. And that's just about it for me this week. One important announcement before I go. The first Spark Parade live show is happening on September 29th at Come On Everybody in Brooklyn. Um, This show is going to be absolutely free, so you should come down if you're in NYC. It's made possible with support from the City Arts Corps and the New York Foundation for the Arts, and I'm so, so excited about it. Uh, I've got some great guests joining me, and there will be more on that soon, so keep your eyes on my socials for more info. I'm at Spark Parade everywhere, and you might as well just give me a little follow while you're there, don't you think? Okay, and there you have it. Back for more next Wednesday, but in the meantime, have a fun weekend, don't litter, and until next time, bye!
0: Greetings from Chromatica, home of Lady Gaga, liberator of kindness punks, mother of little monsters, tricon of the ages. We are her best fans with a mission to create a podcast celebrating our hero. Broadcasting straight from Chromatica, this podcast is about Lady Gaga. For Lady Gaga. But anyone can listen. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M. Prove your stupid love. Ace the art pop quiz. Put your paws up. And download the Chromaticast wherever you get your podcasts. Join us. Every other Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. 4 p.m. Pacific. For our live tapings. At twitch.tv slash apocalypse podcast network.
3: Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save
1: big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 2.49 dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon.